Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren and I am joined by a man who has had the paint brushes out this week. That is Stuart Watson. Stu, what are you uh, what are you painting? Uh, I've painted a couple of bedrooms in in my gap in between um, in between doing all the town bits and pieces this week. So, yeah, exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> that little laugh. <laughs> move on, Andy. Right, let's move on. Football. We're recording this on a Friday, the second one of a week, uh, and we're recording it because. It looks like Ipswich Town are about to add three players to their squad. By the time you listen to this, they may well have been added. Um, so we're essentially going to talk uh, in a sense that they're actually already done. I think, Stu, because this I is we're in a we're in a bit confident enough, aren't we? To yeah, talk about these as, as done deals. Um, this is this is limbo land for us. Sort of this this is quarter to five on a Friday. And we've been here before, haven't we, Stu? With uh, with Ipswich Town. Friday, always on a Friday tea time. Always seems to be around then. Um, don't know why that is. Might be coincidence. Might be that that's a day that Marcus can uh, get involved a bit more. Who knows? But I bet if you look back through them, we always seem to be um, scrambling to put some stuff together at Friday mm. tea times. And as usual, we think we know what the, the picture is. We're talking about Stephen Ward, we're talking about David Cornell, and we're talking about striker Ollie Hawkins. All three, we think, have agreed terms, medicals. I think one of them's maybe ongoing, um, and we're waiting for the we're waiting for the announcement. But we think they're done. But this is this is the frustrating bit, Stu, where we wait for the announcement. Normally, we're sat in an office together, desperately wanting to go home. Now we're sat in our spare rooms, desperately wanting to leave them and be released back to our families. So, um, which one would you like to talk about first? Let's let's go from back to front. Let's start with the goalkeeper, David Goal. Cornell. He's called Die Cornell. I've told we have to call him Die. He's uh, a Welsh thing, is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a Welsh thing. Die the lad. Um, David Cornell, so what we know about him, his former Northampton goalkeeper, was there four years, was part of the Northampton side that won promotion from League Two into League One at the end of last season through the playoffs, but didn't play in the playoffs because it had become clear that his future was maybe elsewhere, needed a new challenge and had had clubs higher up the food chain looking for him. One of those was, was Ipswich uh, and they've ultimately... Got a deal done there. What what do you think about this one, Stu? We've we talked about it a lot in terms of whether Ipswich, in fact, did need a second goalkeeper, uh, a second senior goalkeeper to go alongside Thomas Holy. But um, I don't know if we ever came to a hundred percent conclusion on that. But what are you what are you thinking now that now that that one is is done? I think it's a two year deal with an option for a third. So pretty pretty standard Ipswich Town fare in terms of the contract. I started this summer thinking that it was prudent and pragmatic for them to, to sign another senior goalkeeper, that it would have been perhaps a little too high risk to go with the two young'uns as, as backup. Um, then when the salary cap came in and the full details of the restrictions that that is going to place on Ipswich Town's budget truly came to light, I went 180 on that and said, it's not the priority in terms of budget. Now, I don't know what David Cornell's going to be on. 
but I imagine it will be somewhere around that salary cap average. For me, I think that's taking funds away from from more important areas of the team. And I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough of Cornell. He had championship interest. He's obviously a, a highly rated goalkeeper, but I I didn't think it was priority. Mm. Yeah, I I'd probably agree in that it's not a priority, but I would I would probably want to have two senior goalkeepers. I'm a bit concerned that we're gonna still be in a situation where we don't know who Ipswich's number one goalkeeper is. Uh, either on the eve of the season or three months into it, in terms of if you, because if you look at the CVs of the two, they both, you know, this is both the kind of for Holy and Cornell, they're both now at their kind of highest point in the football pyramid. And without having seen Cornell play loads, they sound pretty, pretty evenly matched in terms of ability. So it will be interesting to see how this shakes out, who starts on opening day, who plays in the cup games. Um, I believe that the need for a new goalkeeper has maybe been kind of pushed on a little bit by a, a nagging shoulder problem that Thomas Holy has had. Um, not quite sure how serious that one is, but it's, it's been a factor. Um, I don't think we'll know if this was the right decision until until a few months into the season. I think if, if David Cornell comes in and is the undisputed number one, wins that place, starts ahead of Holy and does okay, then you'll look at it and think, great, we needed to do that, let's get it done. But if he comes in and is sat on the bench, plays in the EFL trophy, and it's November, then you, you're going to, you, especially if there's a glaring need elsewhere in the team at that time, you are going to sit and wonder, should this have been a deal that got done, but kind of in isolation and pre-salary cap time, certainly pre-salary cap, I would have been all for all for getting another senior goalkeeper because in terms of Shibek and and Harry Wright, they've they haven't played a game of senior league football between them. Um, and if Holy is carrying a bit of a shoulder injury, and if say he went down for a long period of time, that's a tough tough ask to ask one of those guys to to carry it. So for me on this one, I think we have to wait and. Wait and see. Time will tell whether it was the right the right move to make. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. From what you're saying about the uh, the holy shoulder injury that suddenly makes puts it in a different light. If if that injury is is semi serious and is going to keep him out for a little while, then then it makes this transfer a little bit more understandable. But um, yeah. Uh, it's, it looks like they've kind of it's going to take away from from the budget elsewhere, and we'll come up we'll come on to the striker edition in comparison to what they were previously looking at. Now, should we do that? Where do you want to go? Well, I did say back to front, but do you want to jump to? Should we jump to the striker department? Yeah, um, yeah. Let's let's jump to Ollie Hawkins, who is a six foot five striker, formerly of Portsmouth, who's played a little bit at centre back. Um, Goal record, goal record's not not jumping off the page, is it? In terms of goals, and I, I went through all of his Portsmouth goals, all I think seventeen or eighteen of them, this morning, and his his average distance from goal for scoring is six yards, which I think, from an Ipswich point of view, is a good thing. Having someone that can can do that. Um, what do you think about this one? I, I I don't want to get too blinded by the fact that he scored 17 or 18 goals in the best part of a, 
100 games? Because I, th- I think that's maybe a bit misleading. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are guilty of that when signing a striker is, is they just look straight at their goal ratio and, and write them off. And there's a really interesting interview actually with with Ollie Hawkins uh, quite recently with the, with the Portsmouth News in, in July, basically saying how he was a bit of a Marmite figure with Portsmouth fans. Some For some, I was never good enough, he says. And it's a classic case of him basically saying that he was comfortable with his role in the team, but some supporters want skillful players who score bags of goals and do great goal celebrations. They don't want a six foot six inch striker. He's given himself an extra inch there, just noticed, uh, that may miss a couple of chances and get taken off at half time or come on for five minutes here or there. Uh, even when I did do well, it still wasn't good enough for some because I wasn't scoring goals. But those who may not know a lot about football would think he hasn't done anything. But people who understand football realise that I, I, I that actually I was helping others to score. 40% respected me and knew what I was capable of. The other 60% saw me as nothing exciting. That is what I feel. So Interesting. Him, yeah, they're signing him as a target man, really, aren't they? To They're signing him as an enabler, a, a pivot, I would say, for others to play off of and we've talked about the options in that three off of a striker if that is to be the system Lambert goes with I think he is the sort that will create space and opportunities for the likes of Lancaster, Dobra, El Mazzuni, Bishop, Judge, uh, Sears etc etc so um, they, they have lacked a presence they have lacked that type of striker I think last season uh, it's another option. Uh, it's it's a different way of playing if they need to, if Norwood is fit or not firing. Um, sensible, I think. Yeah, and I think if you look at you look at Portsmouth and where a lot of their goals came from, um, their star man undoubtedly was was Rodan Curtis, wasn't it? Who's a Brentford target this summer, playing off that left side. Scored a lot of goals from that left side and. And that is gonna that's gonna be helped by by having a big guy in the middle to win the yeah, knockdowns. I mean, Hawkins didn't play a great deal last season. I think he was hampered by injuries from from what I can see. Now I don't know what the nature of those injuries is, and that might be alarm bells ringing for Ipswich fans. They'll say he's been released by Portsmouth for a reason. Maybe the injuries came into that, but Hawkins himself seems to be surprised that that he was released. Um, let's have a look at his record from last season. He only started five games, five league games he started, twice off the bench. So last look- year he, he hasn't played a great deal in this season, just gone. But the, the season before that, he played. He started 30 games. He scored seven goals, which came in a, in a good little run of uh, form around, I think it was the turn of the year that he scored. So... He seems to be very much reading his quotes at a confidence player, someone who needs to be loved a little bit. And um, he's talked about going somewhere to play in a system that suits him. Um, so, yeah, those goals, yeah, I've just found them here. It was in o- October to November time in, in 2018. He scored six goals in eight games. So, like all strikers, perhaps when they when they get a bit of confidence and they feel like they're the, the main man, that, that that's a big thing for him. But... Um, He's not being signed for goals. I think he's being signed as a as a as a more of a physical presence. Which, and this might act as a good segue onto Ward. We, we talked about. It. To me, it seems like Paul Lambert 
is going into self-preservation mode a little bit here and is a bit like, okay, I've seen what League One's all about up close again last season. Um, now I know what's needed and I need a bit of experience. I need a bit of leadership and I need a bit of physicality and I need to go a bit more pragmatic here now, um, which would seem all of the above would seem at odds a little bit with um, with Marcus's five-point plan and everything we've heard that he was saying to, to Lambert, his staff and the players recently at the training ground. So whether those two things are, are on collision course in the coming months, I don't know. Do we see him as a week in, week out starter then? In that in that regard, because to me, when I when I saw that this, when I saw and heard that this one was going to go through, it said to me that actually what we've been hearing about James Norwood and Caden Jackson still being incredibly important and central to what Ipswich are trying to do was very much still the case, and it pointed to me as him maybe Hawkins just being not necessarily starting 46 league games or even 35 league games, but just being an, another one in the mix with the two that are already there, um, being the, the main men. That, that's kind of what it said to me. Um, we'll have to wait and see, though, I guess. Cause... Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's absolutely spot on. You can't see him starting. He's, he's just there to add a bit of competition and probably to take a bit of pressure off of Norwood as well. I think there was far too much pressure on Norwood's shoulders last year. There was a arrived to great fanfare as being one of the top English goal scorers across all divisions. And I think people readily forgot that this was his first proper season at League One level. And all of the goal eggs and all of the frontline eggs went into that one James Norwood basket. And I think he probably played on longer than he should have done with, with the injuries because of that reliance on him. And having someone like Hawkins around might might actually enable, even if he's not playing Hawkins, might actually enable sort of Norwood to uh, to get himself going a little mm. bit more as well. And he, he might end up playing centre-back, yeah. He's talked a lot quite fondly about how he's enjoyed playing at centre-back. And, um, you know, they, they may well be... It might be, with the salary cap constraints, you're getting two players in one here. We've talked about that in previous pods, haven't we? That, you know, having to spend your money wisely now, do you try and get a a two-in-one type player and, and we talked about maybe getting a striker slash left winger well in fact in actual fact they've they found a striker slash centre-back which is a bit of a throwback when you think to Chris Sutton's and Dion Dublin's and people like that you don't get too many in the game these days but mm. um, you're getting two for one in that respect that fills me with nerves uh, and I'm, I'm sure he's a perfectly serviceable centre-back but it just fills me with with nerves from the off. Just like when Richard Naylor became switched from striker to centre-back for Ipswich, eventually he proved to be a pretty solid performer back there. But those first games, I was so nervous watching it, watching a striker sort of play it at centre-half. Do you, do you think we're going to see it? Quick yes or no. Do you think we'll see Ollie Hawkins play a game, a full match start at centre-back for Ipswich this season? Um, yes, I think there might be a scenario that throws it up and then it will be depending on how well he plays there as to wherever he starts. But I don't, I, I can't see that as being the plan um, from the off, signed as a centre-back. I think he's been signed as a, a, a striker to compete and put pressure on the others, a plan B option uh, as a striker, but also there is an emergency centre-back. So if, if, for example, Toto and Ciala is sold in the coming days, he 
he's he's there as your fourth centre back option in in emergencies. They tried they tried to do a deal for a big striker last year actually didn't they from from memories Tom Tom Elliott from Millwall who who ultimately went to Salford so this has kind of been a year in the making in bringing in a a player in in that in that kind of mould although Tom Elliott is a bit more of a brute than Hawkins who seems a bit more a bit more of an intelligent player is, do you think that's fair he, he, he's I don't think he's just a lump is he Hawkins he seems to seems to make some decent runs and movement as well. Yeah, I, I can't talk with any great authority about Ollie Hawkins. I'd be lying if I, I said I've watched tons of his football, but I can only go on sort of the extensive reading and, and interviews and what Portsmouth fans have said about him and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we, sh- we shall see, Andy, won't we? But um, I, I wouldn't think it's going to break the bank. Um, it, it looks like a fairly pragmatic signing ticks a couple of boxes mm. won't have broken the bank um probably fills a uh, a gap in terms of attributes that were lacking last season in terms of the bank it it really does sound like any deals that are kind of going to get done in league 1 at, at the moment are going to be around that league 1 average figure at, as a maximum it's it's so hard isn't it i don't see how any team can really go go above that figure really at the moment in terms of in terms of contracts although I, I also did hear that there, there's a kind of growing growing feeling that something may change in terms of that salary cap in terms of an increase to the ceiling or some other kind of work around in there and that it's all not necessarily as we've um, as we've I've, seen I've heard so, that Mr. Mr Lambert has strong doubts as to this salary cap gun going through in its current guise and I think there's probably a lot of people within football that are are thinking that way because it's been so hurriedly rushed through it really feels like it's kind of been made up on the spot they're winging it as they go along it's going to be wide open for challenges from from the PFA from from other clubs Um, but I guess at the moment They've got to kind of work work towards that as it is, but I don't know. It could be open for a club like Ipswich to to gamble, as others have gambled with FFP to break the rules, take a a fine which is an akin to a, a minor wrap on the the wrists, and um, and and see where it takes you. So I don't know. It's it's not like Evans was in a place where he was wanting to chuck more and more money at it anyway. So. Uh, I can't see them wanting to really be bold and, and push the limits of this. You know what I'd really like to see worked into that is similar to how it works in uh, in MLS. You can kind of have a marquee player or a or a sort of a star man that's exempt from the salary cap. So you could essentially sign. I don't know. Bring in Neymar on th- on three hundred grand a week, exempt from the salary cap, but you've only got one one place for that to be used. I mean, I don't know. It's not going to happen, is it? But I'd quite like to quite like to see that and just see see what would happen. Um, before we move on to Stephen Ward, um, can I... Will you talk about squad numbers with me? Will you humour me for yeah, a moment? Because there's three players here and I, we, I need to talk about what what I think they're going to do in terms of taking a squad number. Will you, will you humour me for a moment? Sure. 
Okay, here's my prediction. Stephen Ward, number three. Ollie Hawkins, number 19. David Cornell, number 25. Right, your thoughts. Analyse it. Tell me what you think. Uh, A, it doesn't matter. And B... Well, 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 well. Come on. Play the game. You've not gone out on a limb here, have you, Andy? Stephen Ward's a left back and number three is available. Then I'm looking at the other gaps. 19, I guess strikers can pretend that that is number nine in their minds. Uh, He's either going to take 17 or 19 there, I would imagine. Um, What was the other one? Cornell. 25. I don't care what number David Cornell is going to wear, Andy. You said you were going to humour me. Um, uh, you, you failed. So, well, you say twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He will wear. T- um, he'll wear twenty-nine. Okay. We'll see who's right. Um, let's move on to Stephen Ward. Then we talked about him quite a lot when we when we spoke on Monday when we uh, we found out he was training with the club. Um, he's clearly trained with the club and trained well. They like what they see. And uh, looks like he's going to sign too. Um, I imagine this will be a one-year deal with an option for another one. Um, but has your opinion changed since Monday? Well, I think we, we concluded that it was probably a decent bit of business, didn't we, when we when we spoke about this just a few days ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably got to be a bit of realism what decent business looks like for Ipswich Town uh, under the current constraints and where they're at. They're a team that's just finished... 11th in League One and is now facing up to a salary cap. So do Ollie, Ollie Hawkins, released by Portsmouth, Stephen Ward, 34, very soon to turn 35 in the next week or so, and David Cornell, goalkeeper from, from League Two. Is that really going to excite people? No, but I think the, the realism needs to be that this squad should there should be a decent core of squad here. We said that all through last season. People were excited at the start of last season that this should be one of the best squads in the league. I still think it should be more than good enough to you know it underachieved last year, no doubt about it. That squad should have been in the mix. I'm not saying it's streets ahead of everything else in the league, but it's a top six squad at this level, no doubt about it. Um, so. It didn't need ripping up and starting again. So I just think these are all solid, pragmatic additions to the squad. And and Stephen Ward is one of those as well. I think he's probably been signed as much for his off-field attributes as he has on pitch. I really like it. I think I've, I've kind of warmed to this even more as the week has gone on. I think it could be a really, really decent, really decent signing. For for Ipswich for a for a year stopgap year clearly there, clearly there's much debate over whether it's the kind of signing they should be doing or whether they should be going out and, and buying for the future. But if having a player like him in the team allows the likes of ahead of him allows the likes of Lancaster Dobra um, those younger creative players, if that gives Lambert the peace of mind that he's able to put them in the team, Bishop when he's fit as well those young, exciting players, if, if he feels happy to put those in the side because he's got a steady Eddie left back who 
to be fair, uh, clearly he's 34. He's not going to be bombing up and down the wing throughout for 90 minutes, 46 games a year. But he's always been fairly fairly decent in the final third. He's a former striker. He's good on the ball. He can put a ball into the box as well. So he's got something to contribute there. But if, if it allows those younger players to express themselves, I'm absolutely all all for this, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, he's not going to start 40-odd games. There's no, I don't think there's a question mark over that. He's a soon-to-be 35-year-old who had a bit of a dodgy back last season. Um, but he will come... He'll have little runs at different stages. I'm sure the games are going to come. I know we've been very anti-squad rotation, but there is going to have to be an element of that this season with the number of games squeezed into a far shorter period. The, the Tuesday night games are going to come thick and fast. For me, I, I think he's been brought in to be a another captain, another leader, another voice. We talked about Hawkins taking the pressure off of Norwood. I think... Ward will take some of the pressure off of Chambers in terms of off-field leadership um, and not just to help the younger players as well that you've discussed, but also some of those ones that are not necessarily young, but the types of players like Yanolans and Encialas, whether he's still here, who may not be young, but perhaps were ones that didn't quite cope with the pressure of playing for Ipswich Town as being among the favourites at League One level last year. So I think he'll be able to tutor and, and mentor people, um, as well as being a, a, a perfectly fine addition uh, as a, as a left-back slash left-wing-back as and when required. So we're talking about three additions here who, at the time we're talking, just gone 10 past five now. Um, those deals aren't announced, but we're, we're pretty sure they're, they're done, uh, just pending the announcement. If those three are in the door, how much else are we expecting? Uh, what, what, what more is needed in this squad, do you think? Um, well, we always talked about striker, centre-back, left-back, and possibly a winger. So if we're talking about, if we're being really pragmatic about the budget being tight, you could say Hawkins has ticked your striker and centre-back box. Yep. Got your left back sorted. I still think it depends what system they want to play, um, but I still think they might be short of a, of a wide man, and possibly you could go down the loan route with that because I think some a lot of the loan deals will probably happen a bit later as the because of the uh, domino effect with Premier League and, and Championship. So. Um, it tends to be young wingers are the ones that tend to get loaned out to get experience, don't they? Because of the nature of the position, they're trying to iron out some inconsistencies at the start of their careers. So one more, Max, I would suggest. Yeah, I think I, I think I feel the same. In terms of, I think I was a bit less, um, in terms of a need for a centre-back, I was a bit a bit less keen on, on that one than yourself. But also, it's probably worth noting, like we've talked about Ipswich being late doing any business. I'm just going to pause this and take this phone call, all right? Okay. Okay. Right. Sorry about that, Stu. I'm I'm back. Uh, that was a phone call that just suggested that none of these transfers are going to get announced until Monday, sadly. So uh, no red sirens, no no shirt pictures, no. It's a massive club. I can't wait to get started. Quotes. 
we'll have to wait a few days for those but it does sound like all three all three are done and signed um but maybe one more box to tick just before the older the old announcement so there we go um where do we get to we can't remember can we i can't remember no but um No, I'm just thinking in terms of I can't remember. Where did we say they were at with the uh, the maximum number of senior players? What did we decide they were on this year? Because these three might, I think it, I think they were two under. So I think these three might take them over, which means you're going to have to start leaving a player, at least one player, out of the uh, out of the squad. Which okay. uh, and I've just seen some some news from. Uh, TWTD reporting that Barry Cotter is training with Leighton Orient, so he was him and Drynan were always the obvious candidates to uh, to kind of get cut in this um, maximum senior players thing. So that makes a lot of sense. I guess another one who's probably going to be be on the periphery of that would be would be Harry Wright now, given that Shebek comes in as a, a youth player, doesn't he? Mm. And Wright is a uh, is a senior man. They desperately want Harry Wright to play some games. So that's yeah, got loan deal written all over yeah. it now, isn't it? And that'll be great for him as well because he he missed all of last season with a knee injury, pretty much. Um, but he's a good he's a good little goalkeeper. I'd I'd like to see how he gets on in a sort of a professional environment in terms of regular games. So that 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 could work out really good for him. Yep. Um, should we talk about one sort of rumored outgoing on this one? Um, over the last week. It was Guion, Guion Edwards. So we've had him linked elsewhere before. I think it was with Oxford and Sunderland previously. Always, um, always the same. Um, David Cornell was a Sunderland target this week, uh, just for a laugh. Um, I assume Ollie, Watkin, uh, Ollie Watkins, if only. Mm-hmm. Ollie, Ollie Hawkins was as well. I'm going to call him Ollie Watkins all the time, I'm afraid. I've, I'm amazed I've not done it in a written piece yet. Um, but yeah, Guion Edwards. There were a couple of Championship clubs linked, weren't there? Um, what do we think of that? Can you can you remember who the clubs were? I forgot. Oh, you've put me on the spot. Was it Middlesbrough and Luton? Sounds, but yeah, you're right because it was. Was it those two? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was Warnock, which made me think. Okay, so this is this is Football Insider, Footy Insider that um, I've had a. I've had some some hits before in terms of stuff that they've reported. Certainly, um, when Pete O'Rourke is, was heavily involved, who's formerly of Sky, seems to be very well uh, contacted. So, can't completely dismiss this one, but it doesn't really make sense to me why they would let him go because all you're going to gain is uh, losing the salary cap average. And then, would you basically would you be able to replace him with the same or better for two thousand? What is it? What's the average? Two thousand two hundred a week? Yeah, something in that region. I'm not convinced. I know Edwards was very hit and miss last season. Wasn't helped by the fact that he was kind of moved about positionally. Um, notably at right back and right wing back quite a lot. I, I prefer him further up the pitch. If you remember how good he was when he first came to Ipswich, playing, you know, look back at that. There was highlights of that Blackburn game, the Hurst's first game where he was superb. That little flick over 
over the fullback's head and, and run round him. Um, that seems a lifetime ago. That that happening. Ago. I remember yeah. that happening. I remember seeing it with my own eyes, but it doesn't feel like it happened in reality. It's that long ago. Mm. Uh, he was signed as a as a flying left winger from Peterborough, and he'd done the business in League One. So. I think the onus is on Ipswich to get the best out of him um, next season. I, I don't see any point in letting him go. He's in his last year of his contract. They took the option on his deal, so he's in the proper last year territory. You might get a bit of money, a knockdown price for him now, but it's not like you can really reinvest that now with the restrictions. I, I don't see any sense in, in this one. No, I, I would I would agree. I, I want to see him playing. I want to, I want to see him attacking people. I want to see him not playing at right back. And I think if you're not going to sign, like you said, if you if you're not if you're going to sell him, you have to replace him. And how are you going to do that? So, for me, barring some kind of of crazy bid, um, which you have to remember now that even selling even selling someone for a decent fee, you can't really reinvest that. In, in terms of a, a good player wage or, or recruiting from a higher level or anything like that. So there's for me, there's just very little advantage in it in terms of getting players out the door, which I think they will have to do. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because the ones that you, the ones that you want to keep, you're not going to want to sell. Mm. And the ones you want to move on, you might find it hard to move on. Okay. So that's transfer news done now Stu we're, we're edging ever closer to ending a, a barren six months and actually having Ipswich Town playing football matches again which I don't know how I feel about I've, I've not got the same excitement level that I'd have going into a normal season it just doesn't feel the same but at the same time having them playing games again is is going to be really really quite interesting and exciting but the, the friendly schedule is upon us how are you feeling heading into these yeah looking forward to it I think uh, the, the friendly games are going to be a strange experience I don't think we're going to be able to be in the ground for many of these up, upcoming friendlies um, understandably with the, the COVID restrictions I don't think the clubs are going to be wanting to put on extra staff to uh, to accommodate sort of the process to, to get us and other people into the ground which which is fully understandable so we'll probably just be watching off off uh, streams like everybody else but um the real stuff can't come quick enough yeah um there's been a few false starts on these friendlies as well hasn't they haven't they um they're playing a, a, a kind of intra-squad friendly at, at playford road tomorrow now um that's because a planned game against West Ham's under 23s uh, near Newbury Park uh, has fallen through due to a uh, positive COVID test at West Ham. And it comes despite you trying to play matchmaker on Twitter on Thursday evening, trying to get it on between Ipswich and Peterborough. So uh, it's a shame you couldn't make that one happen, mate, because I feel sure we'd have been able to get into that one. Yeah, we could have maybe use that as a bit of leverage to just get a press pass for the day. Um, yeah, it just kind of seemed to make sense, really, that Peterborough, I think Link, they were due to play Lincoln. I don't know if that was confirmed, but that seemed to be widely discussed that Lincoln were the team that pulled out of their planned friendly at Peterborough on Saturday morning. Ipswich had 
originally been due to play Southend on, on this date. They pulled out because they didn't feel that they were going to be up to speed enough. Then then this West Ham under-23s away game got called off for, for the reasons that you said about one of their players testing positive for COVID. So I just thought late in the day that the two of them, Peterborough being not too far up the road, would have made sense. But perhaps from Ipswich's point of view, I think Peterborough have been training a little bit longer than Ipswich. They've already played couple of pre-season games. Maybe they just didn't feel that um, that was the right kind of fixture for them to get their pre-season up and running with after, you know, weeks and weeks of, of uh, non-football. I think they've got to be quite careful in terms of how they ease the players back into this. And I think they're going to be quite conscious of um, making sure no one picks up any silly injuries in these first few weeks back. So we've got we've got this inter-squad friendly at, at Playford Road. Um, do you reckon they wear proper kit for that? Do you reckon they're going to have one in the home kit, one in the away kit? How do, or do you reckon well, it's bi- bibs, bibs and skins? skins yeah, okay. Uh, I'd like to think it's bibs and skins. Jumpers for goalposts. Um, no, be, I'm sure they'll they'll do it. It's a fairly proper match. Yeah, and that, but then we do have the kind of a confirmed schedule from then. I can't remember if we touched on any of this in in Monday's Monday's show. We, we talk about Ipswich Town so much. I can never remember what's being recorded and what's um, what's just general chit chat. But we now have a, a schedule in place. So we've got this Playford Road game Saturday, a double header at Colchester on Tuesday, which is two seventy five minute games, um, followed by a visit to Tottenham on Saturday the 22nd for a game and then West Ham are coming to Portman Road on the 25th on a Tuesday Tuesday afternoon that is isn't it a two o'clock kickoff for a, for the only home friendly of the schedule and I gather there's a, a, a game the following Saturday the 29th against a, a local League Two team that play in yellow so that's that's the schedule um, we think we're probably only going to be able to go to the West Ham game is that right? Of these, but uh, certainly the Colchester one um, and the Tottenham game are going to be available to stream on v- various uh, varying quality of streams. It sounds sounds like so. It pe- it sounds like people are going to be able to watch their their team in action really quite soon. Yeah, the problem they've got is that I think they would have quite liked to monetize this with streams, but the the iFollow service that they use is. Um as regular users of it last season were, were always saying that it, it wasn't the best quality and it, it crashed quite a lot and didn't work. So they're using these next few weeks to do a major sort of IT uh, work on that behind the scenes, which means Ipswich haven't been able to kind of use it for these games. So it's going to be, I don't know, they're going to have to sort out their own way of streaming it with, with their own equipment via Facebook or, or whatever. So uh, they've been at pains to say the footage won't be quite what people are used to. It will be sort of what the analysts use. So um, it's normally quite a wide, wide angle lens from up up high, but um, it's better than nothing. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if it's better than nothing. Um, we'll be the judge of that. But the Tottenham one sounds different. That sounds like a full kind of HD uh, production, like on uh, N17 TV. So uh, that's another one we'll all we'll all be tuning into. Um, We've rambled on long enough. We've we've accidentally deleted this uh, Skype conversation halfway through it and restarted. Um, so hopefully you don't notice that that happened. Um, so before we go, is there um, anything else you wish to discuss? No other business, my friend. 
no, I've got no other business either. Shall we? Um, shall we move on and go yes. and go to our separate lives for the weekend, and we'll reconvene. Uh, we'll reconvene very soon. Is that your daughter in the background? Oh, uh, yeah, that's my little <laughs> person calling that dinner is ready. So now would be oh. a good time. To <laughs> I believe my little girl has just come home from her nannies as well. So this is the perfect time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Subscribe, uh, review, stew. Go and get your dinner now. And, uh, <laughs> All right, mate. and I'll see you very soon. Bye. See you later. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.